Hey there, thanks for visiting today and uh, for checking in. And um, I just turned on the recorder. I'm not really sure. I've got some things stirring in me this morning. As usual, I'm driving out to work. I've not recorded anything for nearly a week. Um, I think two two recordings ago, I referenced being at the tail end of a sinus infection, or so I thought. <laughs> that didn't prove to be true in any way. If I only knew, I mean, it was actually just getting started, and uh, I went without a voice for four or five days, like completely couldn't squeeze out anything. Um, and it was very, very challenging. I can't say that I learned these deep revelations within it. Like, you know, well, let me show you what the Lord said as I could not speak or utter a word <laughs> for <laughs> five days. It wasn't quite <laughs> to those levels. But it was hard. I mean... I realize I talk a lot. I don't know if that was something good or bad, but... Excuse me. I realized primarily in this season I've just really been talking all the time. If there's... Well, I was going to say if there's anyone around, but as this proves, that's not necessary. (laughs) So I was just talking through some things this morning. And uh, just some circumstances that I'm presently in and facing and asking the Lord to help me with. Excuse me, I'm going to probably do that a lot. And I'm going to preface this, I I feel like I might need to say this. This podcast, this recording might not end up being suitable for younger ears. I'm not sure. Some of the things that are stirring in my heart are not necessarily something... I would say are appropriate for children, possibly, depending on where I land. I know what I've already been going over this morning to myself would not be appropriate for children, from my my opinion. It may be for many, but I would prefer not to go to the places I may tend to go today with a, a child listening. So just keep that in mind, you know, maybe just exert some wisdom and like, is this something I need to just listen to myself first? I mean, I don't, I don't know if any, anyone ever listens to these in their car with children or anything like that. I don't claim to know. I doubt if that's common, but I'm just saying I want to be wise and careful and cautious and um, responsible with anything I might say and who might hear it. So, uh, that being said, I've just really been thinking this morning about the natural man. Obviously, that's not a new topic, but I've just really been thinking this morning. As as I spent those weeks leading up to starting to write out and record the um, Dominion stuff, the what is man um, stuff, I hate using the word stuff, I need a new word that is a little more mature than that. Somebody help me. Um, I remember as I say that, I remember that I believe it was last fall 
I started looking into natural man versus spiritual man. I hadn't really thought about that until right now, actually, the, the correlations of that, oddly enough, and how that was kind of the preceding context of the what is man things that continues to really literally change how I perceive so many things in my life. Um, I'm so... I'm so moved by what that's doing in my perception of my living um, from day to day. Like, it's really, you know, isn't that the evidence that it's truly the Word and the work of God in our lives when, when, when there's something, not just that sticks and we just remember it, but something that literally changes us. I mean, is that not the intent and purpose of things above, like meeting things here below? Isn't that the epitome of, of on earth as it is in heaven and, and like putting on the mind of Christ and all these things I feel like I'm always saying and, and admittedly lacking in my life to the place of maturity that I wish they were established, but still stepping back and, and finding a rightful peace of the Lord, not as the world gives, but as God gives in the midst of my life, that like the grace of God that empowers me through the Holy Spirit to walk as a regenerated man is producing something. It is producing fruit in my life. I don't look at my life and say, oh God, where are you? What is wrong with me? Why am I so this or this or this? Now, yes, there are so many things in my life that I should be more mature in, that I should be more Christ-like in, that's always going to be true. That's factual. Um, and I'll, I'll say it like this. Kristen, we recently got a keyboard at the house. Um, and Kristen loves playing piano. She loves, loves, loves playing piano. We were recently in Atlanta and we were staying at a house that had this awesome little library room and a grand piano in it. And I like, I mean, this was back in, what, I don't remember when it was, November. She could still be sitting there playing if I had left her to her own. <laughs> she would, she loves it. She, she, it's just something she not just enjoys, it's something really beyond that. And so, as we got her that keyboard several weeks ago, and she's been playing, and um, just going over, just the, not the basics, but just the, I guess the, the action of playing, just the sitting down and having that time, and like, she expressed a week or two ago, like, Joel, what if I had given myself to really play the piano for the last, you know, 30 years? Um, 25 years, like back from when she started learning to play. You know, where would I be if I had been playing all along and like honing my skills and my abilities? And Can you imagine what I could play? And obviously that launched us into a spiritual conversation about those same principles being true in our spiritual life. Like, oh God, what if... What if 
I wasn't so prone to wasting my time and and being spiritually slow and if what if I didn't respond the way I often do still in slowness and in dullness of hearing God where would we be you know who who would we be how much further along in our spiritual maturity and in our sanctification process would we be if we could go back somehow and however many years for us individually that boils down to and like somehow gather all of those things up that that maturity that growing into the kingdom mindset and walking according to the spirit and not according to our flesh like where in the world would we be and that's a very sobering question that, if held rightly, propels us forward and in no way holds us back in regret or, or condemnation, but like allowing the Spirit of God to convict us to, to apply that to our now moment. Like, well, there's no condemnation in Christ, brother. Don't stay back. No, I know that. Why are we so quick to excuse all right, this is where I feel like I'm supposed to go with this, like right in this moment. Okay, so um, I'm not going to mention names and all that. There's a there's a somewhat predominant man, and this totally makes sense. And I feel like the Lord is this is what the Lord's desiring for today, which is so awesome, y'all. When we find something that does not originate in ourselves and in our own thoughts or emotions or ideas, but God, what are you saying today? And when he responds, something that's beyond us, when the Spirit of God responds, y'all, how awesome is that? Do you know that, friend? Do you commune with God? May you do that. May you make sure that, may it be okay to sit back and say, man, do I hear the voice of the Lord like that? I've got to ask that question because when I do, it just something beyond anything I could ever appropriately describe takes place. So, and I'm just telling you, this is like, I feel like this is what my thoughts were an hour or two hours ago and what just stirred in me totally line up together into what I was just saying by no doing of my own. So Lord, have your way and speak to whoever would hear this today. Starting with me, may I hear what you're speaking. <laughs> so there's a somewhat prominent man. I mean, there's a, how many circles are there in Christianity, right? I mean, you got all the different movements and, and you know, currents of Christianity, flavors, if you will. And, and within each one of them, there's, there's hordes of people whether it's the Southern Baptist Conference and like whoever that's headed up by and like that frame of mind, that flavor of Christianity, thousands of people ascribe to that and know the speakers and the evangelists within that move. Then the charismatic movement, the prophetic movement, the prayer movement, uh, you know, the, the hip, trendy, worshipy movement. I mean, like we could all come up with like, well, this is, this is the guy. This is the dude 
who kind of leads the way in this move, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. And I'm not saying I'm for or against it. I'm just saying that's obviously the way it is. And so there's a man in one of these movements who recently, seemingly very like just being moved by the Lord to to go there, not really rehearsed, which is, in my opinion, like that alone begs our attention, like our demand on us living in such a way that we move according to the conviction of the Spirit and not what's on a bulletin or a conference schedule. And so he, in front of I don't know how many people, I didn't watch it, I listened to the video um, while I was working, so I didn't see all the context of where he was and all this. I know very vague information. And basically he was given the microphone. There were several leaders, you know, on the stage and he just began to share from his heart. His broken heart because he had led a movement about repentance and about prayer and about just like the heart's cry of releasing you know, ultimately the kingdom of God on the earth. Like, that was his message. That was like his life. He traveled the, the U.S. for sure and, and even other areas in the world. To That was him. Like, when he walked in the room, the coat he was wearing and the badge upon it said, you know, repentance, um, turning, prayer, 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 prayer. And he shared about a besetting sin in his life. And he was, he confessed that he had been watching pornography. He didn't say for how long or to what extent or anything like that. And those things are really irrelevant. But he just confessed that, like, he, somebody who was elevated to a place that was not right or healthy or good anyway, and he addressed that as well, which I found really refreshing. And he just laid himself bare. He humiliated himself. Willingly exposed his sin in front of his peers and in front of who knows how many people who looked at him as like, this is the man. This is the man about prayer and repentance and turning the hearts of a generation towards the Lord. This is his life. And so when that sort of thing happens, I believe that like there's something within us that we it forces us to like really sit down, I believe, like and just kind of like, wow. What? And I pray that's what all those people who saw that, heard that, and then and are are seeing that through video uh, information and, and learning it, you know, secondhand, whatever, like, and even myself that we really sit down and like, now I'll make clear, he's nobody I idolize. I don't have anybody in my life that I like. I have, I have preachers I like. I have flavors that I like myself. Um, men that I do listen to with regularity online, you know, archive stuff. Most all of them are dead, but whatever the case, I mean, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And I was like devastated. No, but but it did it did stir me like, wow, that's a big deal. Um, knowing who he is, um, 
and just, I don't know, the weight of that event, that type of confession, and just the power within confession. The church, oh my gosh, have we lost. I mean, what does the scripture say? Confess your sins one to another? Oh my goodness. That's not what I'm supposed to talk about, but I need to. Because what, what's on the coattails of when we do that, that's why we're lacking the fruit. That's why the body is so sickly. You know, I'm not, okay, I've got to stop. I'm, I'm going to go to step two and being sidetracked. And so I was really stirred by what that man shared, but I was not as moved by what he shared as what the two men after him shared. Two other leaders, two other men who are, you know, who have a status, a, a, a voice in, in this generation to a very large amount of people, responded very uniquely different to what this man said. One couldn't wait to get to the microphone. <laughs> and the things that he said were so awkward, I couldn't even make it through it. And I, I would like to think without being harsh or critical of him, but rather step back and because I asked the Lord, I'm like, as this is unfolding, as again, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, this isn't right. Like this response is, this is the word I believe is coming to my mind. This, this response is smothering the confession. It's, it's smothering and lessening and relieving the agony of sin. It's, it's, it's relieving the, the repentant heart because he was just bumbling and jumbling his words to say, oh, no, 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 well, I need everybody to know that this man is a holy man. He's a righteous man. He's a good man. It's not like he's, you know, overthrown by sin. He feels guilty over everything. And I tell him, brother, it's not that bad. And I was like, I wasn't sick to my stomach, but like to use an expression to describe how I felt. That's how I felt. I was like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't belittle or lessen the weight of a confession, of the depravity of man. Of those of us, even in Christ, and the, the man who did the confession, talked. he just said this maybe once or twice, and we've talked about it even in our fellowship here because it's such a powerful thing. He talks about the myth of a man and how captivated we are by that. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast about that soon, so I don't want to go there. But that's very, that's what we have to clarify within the confession is like the power of confession the power of revealing our our sin and our error is that it's the way of the kingdom it's the backwards way of the kingdom because the one who loses his life for the sake of Jesus finds it right i mean do we believe that and the the one who denies himself finds himself, finds life in Jesus. The one who rejects himself and his own will and his own life 
finds his life. And so we have to continue to apply that into our day-to-day life and like the things in our life that really need to get out and need to be exposed and need to be revealed and confessed. And so this man's response to the confession was just so opposing of the purposes of this man who was confessing. It was an opposition. Oh, brother, don't be so hard. And we've probably all been in that situation. I've been in that back in the church. I had firsthand experiences of that, of like, oh, brother. I had that with my wife where a brother told her after she was confessing some things, there's no condemnation in Jesus, Kristen. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. What? That's not the kingdom. Yes, may we, we are not to walk under the heavy-handed condemnation of the enemy. No. But what about the conviction of the Spirit of God who is desiring to eradicate things from our life? Which until they're removed, Excuse me. <laughs> Until they're removed, prohibits us from walking in greater measure according to the Spirit. That is our sanctification. It is necessary to deny ourselves, to give up our will and our way. And so now I'll move to the third man who shared the second man to respond to the first who confessed. And his response was the best of the whole segment. His response with tears and the way he worded it was beautiful. He said, in reference to the first man's confession, he said, that was holy. That was holy. And I just thought, man, that's awesome. What a perspective shift from the second gentleman that shared. Brother, that's holy. That's the word of the Lord. Lay yourself bare. Expose yourself. Be free from that. Say it and call it what it is. Call it out. Set it on a table. Pull the light on it and say, here it is. Because that is our freedom. That's our deliverance. That's the darkness to light reality. That's the ongoing demonstration that I have, in fact, as we spoke about in great length. That is evidence that I've been moved and transferred from that dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light. Because when I was in the dominion of darkness, my whole body was dark. My whole body lived My mind lived. My imagination lived. Its dwelling was darkness. Shame. Depression. Not clinical depression like, oh, well, you just need some medicine. But I mean like spiritual oppression. I had willingly given myself over 
to being controlled in that manner by the lack of true living out a life in the light, a confessional life. And just a couple nights ago, I had the opportunity to do that with some brothers here. To just say, you know what, this is where I'm at this millisecond. But you know what? I'm not going to give in. And I just want to say a personal testimony, right? Because as I shared the other day, in an audio recording that I think was already posted, about the who I am really part, the power of our testimony. So, I mean, I need to share that as evidence of what is true. The power of the testimony, right? Because if that study and if that series that I did about the what is man dominion reality, if that was only like good for six weeks, then it wasn't, there wasn't much to it if that's true. There wasn't much eternal substance and spiritual prowess to it if it came and went so easily. And so the evidence of that, that I want to just brag on the grace and power of the Lord in me, is that that made sense the other day. Like, that brought some some supernatural restraint and strength and endurance and will into my present reality. That that reality says, wait a minute, uh uh-uh. There's no way in the world I'm giving the enemy a foothold into my life and giving him dominion over me. And I had an opportunity to like, the conviction of like asking myself, do I really believe what I had just said days before? Submit therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Is it too much to say that I believe the Lord said, Joel, do you believe that? Do you believe that? You said that was so black and white the other day. The testing, right? The testing of what I'm saying. Do you believe that, Joel? The Job reality, in very small measure, to be clear, but the same principle. All right, here's a, here's a pop quiz, Joel. Here's a little... Surprise test. And so, as one wanting to please God and be found as one who's not hypocritical and being found righteous and blameless, lifting up pure hands and a clean heart, I said that. And I lived that. And I did that. And I stood on the reality of that truth. And then I brought it into the light. Because I believe confession is more than just like, hey man, I messed up. Sorry. I think confession is like, even in victory, even in overcoming, like, it isn't just about me. It isn't just about like, in my prayer closet, I got victory yesterday, praise you Jesus. And nobody ever even knows that I was tempted. Or nobody even knows that I had victory. Or nobody even knows squat. Our life is to be for the building building up of the body. And edifying one another and saying, Look, brother, this, this stuff is real. This stuff that I've been 
preaching and teaching and saying and repeating and this stuff is real. This stuff has been ingested into me. It's becoming part of who I am. I am a new creation for real. Because I can say no, because I can stand, and because I can then stand firm and stand again and again. Because that same Jesus that stood there starving and overlooking the kingdoms of the world and had a flesh that desired and craved to be satisfied, because he said no, I can say no. Because he said, get away from me, Satan, I can say that. And I'm telling y'all, that is a powerful place. And so this third man goes on to just weep about this is what the church has got to get. May we not lessen our failings and our weaknesses and even our bondages of sin. May we not be ruled over by shame because, my goodness, I've been a Christian 20 years. I've been a Christian 40 years. I'm a deacon. I'm an elder. I'm a pastor. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm a godly man. All these things that the devil himself says, oh, but don't you, don't you know who you are? You could never do that. That would just embarrass the body. That would embarrass God. You would be an embarrassment to your entire cause if you exposed that. What a lie. What a lie. That opposes that opposes the teachings of the Word of God. May we be aware of that, brothers. May we be aware and alert to the schemes of the enemy that can convince us if we're not discerning the spirits that we are entertaining and giving ear to. And so I'm just going to ask, like, what in your life needs exposed? And I'm not some preacher standing up in front of you in a suit. And you look at me and you say, yeah, all right. Well, what about you, brother? <laughs> what about you, Mr. Mr. Nice Guy? I've never heard you confess anything in 30 years. Okay? So, like, you don't have that option. I'm telling you out of my mouth I'm striving and in need of doing the same thing I'm challenging anyone who would listen to this to do I'm saying this is what we all need to do this is what if the godly leaders of this culture this Christian culture and this generation if they did that if your pastor stood in front of you and wept because he's been looking at pornography every week for the last 20 years, if he did that, the power of God would come back to the church again. If the predominant leaders stopped putting on their teeth whitener and their 
best $1,000 suit and all of their awesome knowledge, if they put all of that off and were real and genuine and presented themselves before the body broken, I am convinced the church could actually turn and change. I believe it's true. I believe. I believe that's what the evangelical church has got. They haven't got it backwards. They, well, they have in a way. But how many times in our churches, oh my gosh, how many times do you hear the modern day church, especially the like super religious like Ten Commandments church, if a nation would just humble themselves and pray and turn back to God, he would hear from, oh my goodness. If those ever stop just being words and like actually happened, that verse would be true. But we have to ask ourselves, we've been saying that for years and years. But the problem is the church and its leaders have been saying that to the lost world. We've been telling that to the world, but we've not been doing it ourselves. The arrogant and prideful and boastful harlot of a church has been living intermingled with the world, has been sleeping with the world, and then rolling over in the next morning and telling her how vile she is. I'm just going to be honest. On a Friday, on a Saturday night, let's be real specific. Saturday night, the church is sleeping with the world and rolling around enjoying her offerings, her enticements. And then comes Sunday morning we kick her out of the bed and say, you vile, wretched woman, you need to turn. And when you turn, the nation will turn to God and he will hear from us. And you know what, y'all? God will not have it. He will not have it. He is a righteous, holy, just God who will not tolerate this mixing any longer. And so thereby we see no repentance and turning and therefore our nation does not and will not turn to God in that way. According to those patterns, the church herself must repent. She must live a confessional lifestyle one to another and stop pretending we're something we're not. I will lead the parade. May it be clear I'm saying I will be at the front of the line, saying, God, help me, change me, search me, know me, try me, see if there's a wicked way in me. And when it is, empower me by your Spirit to drag it into the light and submit it to one another. To confess it to one another. So may that be true wherever you are in the way you live with others. 
the living stone's reality in the body of Christ. As you make up your part, insert that part in humility. Humility wins, y'all. Humility wins every single time. The contrite heart wins. It's God's way. So may we find God's way. May we find His pattern. May we continue in the Spirit of Christ, laying ourselves down, not loving our life unto death, not saying skin for skin that the devil uses as a scheme against all of humanity. May we say, no, I'm nobody without Jesus. In Christ, I'm an heir, I'm a son, I'm a priest, I'm a king, I'm a, I, am, I am in the lineage of God. Amen, yes. But I'm still in a body that's, that's, that's prone to sin. I'm walking in victory in it, but I'm in humility and in confession. So Lord, help us in that. Help us to learn. May we practice even with baby step increments of sticking our toe into the water of humility and being a demonstration right where we are of a humble and contrite heart. In our generation, Jesus, help us. We trust that you will. Empower us to walk as you walked. In Jesus' name, amen.